Steve Jones presents Jonesy's Jukebox. Listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. How are you? It is 13 minutes after 12 bells. That was uh, <clears throat> Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, and David Bowie Heroes. For all the uh, the ones who landed on Normandy on this day 75 years ago, it's wild, man. June 6, 1944. Um, <clears throat> what else is happening? I've got a birthday um, for little uh, Waylon Rose, who's 15 today. That's his uh, birthday. It's a good day to have a, you know, it, it's an important day. My birthday, let's get, let's get back to me. My birthday is actually kind of an important day too. It's September 3rd, and that was the day... England and France declared war on Germany. So, you know, there you go, Wayland. Knock yourself out, kid. 15 today. Um, we got Nathan Fletcher coming on the box at uh, 1 o'clock. He's got a, there's a documentary, and he's coming on with director Michael Oblowitz. And I think I said that right. Sorry if I didn't. I'm going to talk about the new film, Heavy Water. I watched it last night. It's pretty, pretty insane. The, the tricks Mr. Fletcher got up to. Crazy, crazy. Kind of reminds me of me a bit. Big wave surfing. Yeah, like me when I'm when I'm out there. I thought I, I, I thought I saw him a few times when I was out in them big waves. I, I wasn't sure. I had to focus. He was closer in. He was kind of, he wasn't out as far as me. He was kind of like, you know, the, there was them and then there was me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the only surfing I do is on, is on, on the internet late at night. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man, it's good. It's Thursday. It's all good. We're going to keep our rocking on and rolling. We keep this theme going a little bit. Respect, respect for the soldiers, them young dudes who got slaughtered on some of them beaches. Not all of them beaches, but there was a couple that really got a, a, a beating. The old Krauts, uh, they were just like shooting ducks in a barrel. Um, but uh, I've watched a lot of, uh, of footage on. I love all that Second World War stuff. I always watch it, and uh, you know, it was a it was a big. It's always a mess. It never goes how you want it to go, and that's how you gotta. That's how you look at it. You know, it was meant to like smash the pieces out of the the, the beaches just above the beaches, and uh, I guess they didn't. And them Krauts were still there with their big heavy machine guns. And so like, you, you know, when you've got all them boats just out 
of the water just hanging around. It must have been so nerve-wracking knowing that when you're going to put that, that that door down on them little boats that they were jumping off of, then it's, it's just oh, horrendous, horrendous. No, no. Some wars are meant to be fought and some is just a waste of human beings. But um, let's keep the ball rolling. Got the kinks. Some mother's son. It's from the album Arthur. You listen to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox on KLOS. It's 12.32. And uh, that was New Order. Love Vigilantes. Gorgeous. Part of the theme that we were just doing. Animals. Sky Pilot. And the Kinks. Some Mother's Son. That was our ode to June 6th, D-Day. Um, I got brand new pink slips. And uh, Grace McKagan, she's got a new video out, got a new song, Seek You. I am actually in the video. I did in a, a little cameo. I guess you can watch it on YouTube. I hope so. I just saw me, then I stopped the rest of it. <laughs> no, I wanted to watch it. I didn't have time. I was busy picking songs for the show. Um, what else? We're going to play that. I'll get, oh, giving a shout out to another birthday. Uh, my buddy. Uh, <laughs> ah, Dwayne Ballard. He's, uh, he's a fine leather man. He makes leather goods. Good dude. There's another one born on this day. He's he's a bit different age than Waylon, though. He's 53. And he's still got his bar on it. Good for you. Let's play the pink slips. Take it away, son. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox. KLOS. It is 12.51. We're going to visit the Duke in a minute. <clears throat> that was Idols. Colossus. Beautiful. Lou Reed. Wagon Wheel from the Transformer album. And we had New Black Mountain, Pretty Little Lazies from their new album, Destroyer. Then we had brand spanking new Pink Slips. That track was called Seek You. They uh, released a video today. I guess you can see it on YouTube. Everything seems to go to YouTube, but it was released today. I do a little cameo at the beginning. All good. We're going to visit the Duke at one o'clock, though. No, it is one o'clock. Um, got Nathan Fletcher, big wave surfer. Looking forward to that. It's a documentary. It's called Heavy Water. He's with the, he's with the director as well, Michael Ober, Oberwitz. I think I'm saying it right. See you in a minute. You're listening to Jonesy's Jukebox, and it is 1.29 right now. We're here with Nathan Fletcher, surfer extraordinaire. What do you think of uh, that other dude, older guy, that has a, uh, he makes a, uh, Laird, Laird Hamilton? Um, You know, I think really highly of Laird. He's done uh, amazing things. He's done so much for our sport. Uh... All I could say is Laird's gnarly. 
you know, and uh, he's doing his thing, and obviously he's a, he's a big surf guy. Though, well, right? yeah, yeah, but wave. he he's big wave. Um, but everything, it's like, oh, if a fire happens, like in the Malibu Canyon, it's like he's good, puts the pump in the pool and holds off the fire. His house don't burn down. If the hurricane hits in Kauai, he's loading up the Zodiac. He's he's saving the people. Um, you know, he's doing tricks. So, is a human. On a human level, he's just a radical guy. Superhuman. Well, he's just, yeah. And so it's, uh, he's pushed the level in big wave surfing. And he's definitely, you know, the pinnacle of, we'll say, gnar. Yeah. But, um, you know, everybody fits. It takes all types to make a hole. And so he's definitely a, a big chunk of a hole. And so then there's the little chunks and the fragments. And so it all, you know, we all make it happen. Yeah. So when did you start doing this documentary? Um, they started a couple of years ago, I want to say three years ago. And the way it started was they asked me for an interview. And then, um, if you saw it, you saw the events in the movie. And so when yeah. I did the interview and I went through these, uh, events in my life, you know, it, it, it's so, uh, empowering. It gives, you know, it makes me tear. And so when they did the interview, I obviously, I started crying through it, you know, and then it was like, oh, then they called me back like a couple of days later and they said, oh, we got a movie. And I was like, yeah, oh, sure, you know, whatever, like on me, whatever. So then I was like, okay, if this is true, I want to be able to jump out of a helicopter if you're really going to do this movie. The acid drop. Yeah, and so the guy's like, oh, no problem, we could do that. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll believe it when I see it. You're dealing with, you know, big things. I don't know, I just can't, my brain doesn't comprehend that. But he came back, had it all lined up, did it. And so um, it all happened naturally. It just... Were you the first happened. person to do that? jump out of a plane on your surfboard yeah called, called the acid drop. yeah people have jumped out with it with their board and just kind of jumped off or done whatever but to actually complete it a to b and right away um yeah i was the first to do it and it, but, it but it took you a couple of tries right yeah and in my head i wanted to do it at, you know obviously i tell this to other people but when i was thinking about it growing up and watching skateboarding and the guys jumping off things and then danny way jumping out of a helicopter and so that's where i got the idea but you don't think about all this, uh, you know, the moving parts of situations. And so in my head, I was thinking, oh, 20 feet, like 50 feet, oh, whatever, you know, your ego and all that wants to be some superstar. But in reality, to get the job done with the permits, with the insurance, with the FAA, with the helicopter pilot, with the cameras, with the production, um, it was a huge deal. And so then it was like I started trying. It was like, oh, this is way harder than uh, what my brain imagined. Yeah, yeah. And so the point was just get it done that day, no matter what the case was. And so I did it, but it wasn't to what I would have liked to do it. or You know what I mean? I would have liked to have done it higher and on a bigger wave and all those things. But that's... And then surf. Like, yeah. And like so, a long surf after you jumped out as opposed to a small... You didn't go that long, did you? After well, you? no, because the wave died. Yeah. Um, but the point that was after the fact of the climax was basically boom to boom. Yeah, yeah. And so so I did that. And um, that was all to get a budget to finance the rest of the movie. So they did the stunt. So Red Bull would find it. So um, it was just how it happened yeah. to get some money together to be able to make a movie. Have you done it again since? No, I wouldn't do it again. That's it? Yeah, just the risk and to reward isn't enough. And... Um, you know, it's just, I just, it's off the checklist. When you say you don't like, uh, you don't like, um, to, you, you know, it's not your thing to, you, you thought about a documentary and all that, but, and there's that one shot of you where you're, you know, that amazing shot 
that um, you're coming through that wave. You, you eventually come off. Yeah, chop off, yeah. But it's like, it, the photo's like insane. Yeah. It's insane. But what would you have felt like if that photographer weren't there and that wasn't documented? Would you feel still like you would need to... Well, that's the whole thing in surfing, because if you don't got a picture, it didn't happen. Yeah, so, exactly. So basically, it wouldn't happen if you didn't get a photo. But um, in my heart, I would have known it. Yeah, it's just in. So it was interesting because there was a contest and it was a, a WCT. And that was in between the semifinal and the final day. And you weren't really in. I'm not it. in any of that. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't been since 90. But anyways, and so all the cameras, all the people were there because of that. And so there was all these coincidences that happened to make this such a magnificent uh ride and so publicized because other people have done things but just it's all about the publicity right and uh so and then the story like we're telling it now you know so you're recollecting yeah. it and you're going over yeah. it and you're telling people and then it ingrains it in their head and then after so long it becomes some movie yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so it's all good it's just uh if somebody didn't get it i wouldn't be here today but you're still surfing, right? Oh, every day, religiously, we'll you, call it. But nothing insane. Well, more. You still do the big, big just waves. Just more. Uh, I'm. I proved my point. How about that? Yeah. And so, out of respect for the ocean and my family, and myself, and in living through all these circumstances, I just try and do it on the level that I know uh, is safe, and that I'm going to come home, and also to get a little bit of enjoyment in the rush that it gives you in the sun, and you know. Yeah all the things that you get out of surfing. And I want to surf till I'm 80. Yeah. And you can do, right? Yeah. If you take There's that old care dudes who yeah. still do it. There, yeah. Some of them are in the documentary. Yeah. My grandpa, I took him on a surf trip. He was 85. You're a family of, of surfers, though. Yes. You got, how many brothers do you have? I have one brother, and he's a surfer. He kind of did the aerials. My father and my mother met on the beach at Makaha in the 60s because my mom's older sister was a professional surfer, first-time women's world champion. So that's why my grandpa was there with his daughters, and so that's where my parents met because my mom's sister had my dad's board, and so my dad went over to get his board from the sister and then saw my mom, but she was too young. She was 14 or something at the time, and so then the contest came back the next year, and they ended up hanging out, and and they've been together ever since. And so uh, it all started on the beach at Makaha, really. Do you ever have any run-ins with sharks? Well, my neighbor lost his leg to one about two years ago, right across the street from our house. In Hawaii. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I've seen him, but I just try and, I don't know, we go dive with them and stuff. You know, they're really a lot like dogs. Like, if you go under them and under their belly, you turn... You're surprising them. Well, they're just, you turn into, you know, it's a problem. So it's like, oh, they're going to get you. So they just, they behave certain ways. And people who know them really well... Uh, they just act a certain way so you can kind of cruise with them and then if you act a different way oh then you're like you know you're a predator yeah. to them and so it's like they get scared yeah and so it's interesting how uh people that know them and how they behave but i don't really look for them or see them or because uh, if you see them you're okay because they're smart enough you're not going to see the one that's going to bite you yeah. you know what i mean they know what's up yeah um why may i bite Yes. I, you could you can see it from from the moon. It has that classic church there, that white block. And uh, I, you know, when I was when I was over there, I was hanging out with Owen Wilson. He was doing that movie. Uh, what the hell was that called? Oh man, what was it called? It was a surf movie, kind of. Oh jeez. Anyway, 
when I first went over there with him and his brother and a couple of others, we are in that bay, Waimea Bay, late at night. We thought we'd go to a late swim and we were all there just <laughs> just paddling. And all of a sudden I feel something tug on my leg and I thought it was a bleeding shark. And it was Owen Wilson pulling on my leg. Yeah. Oh, man, it, I really thought I was over. it was over. <laughs> he I, got you, huh? He really did, man. I really did thought I was going to have a heart attack. But uh, that's the closest I've come to surfing. I've never surfed. I love watching it, like do it, the stuff you do. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you surfers, they just live and breathe surfing. They don't talk about anything else, right? Well, some of them don't. But, you know, if, like for me, like I was telling you about the stories in my life and being a rock fan and, and a heavy metal fan, and, you know, like when I was 12 years old, it was either the choice was either to go to... Uh, the U.S. championships or go to Monsters of Rock at L.A. Coliseum um, with Metallica. I think it was like Van Halen, Scorpions. Yeah. So I chose to go to Monsters of Rock because it was a huge deal in my life. And uh, and so it's funny. So there is other sides of it. And then the other top guys, they have enough, like John John, who's the world champion. He has enough to do whatever he wants. He goes and hangs out with like the uh, Olympic sailing team or he flies planes or you know what I mean? They're like on a... You, you ride bikes too, right? J yeah. Jumping up. Yeah. Um, and so those are different. Like, I love skateboarding. I love snow. I love motorcycles. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that those are different things because they're all kind of related in, in my um, in my brain. And they, I mean, I think it's all connected, you know? Yeah. It's just loving to go have fun. But yeah, it's, um, you know, different people do different things. Some guys uh, like golf. And so for me, skateboarding, punk rock heavy metal, uh, surfing, those were all combined into my childhood. That's what I looked up to. That's what I liked. Other people, they uh, they watch football. You know, guys are real football fanatics, and they're on tour, so they look at their heats like it's a game, yeah, yeah. and they train like, you know, and so there's just different aspects. And there's guys who are paddlers, or long-distance paddlers, but they're big wave riders. And so they're more of like wear the visor upside down and play volleyball kind of guys. You know what I mean? So it's just... You live and breathe it. Yeah. You've got to be a pro, right. really. But there's other guys who have different hobbies, but when it all comes down to it, it all stems from surfing. Yeah. So tell me your Black Sabbath story. Uh, <laughs> okay, should Eggs. I... I'll be quick. So anyways, um, I'm a diehard Ozzy Osbourne, Black Sabbath, Randy Rhodes fan, uh, and I have been, you know, for many years, since I was 12. And so uh, me and my friend Anthony Van England had the chance to go see the, uh, you know, whatever that was, the Ozfest at San Bernardino. And so he was friends with Kelly Osborne through Jason Dill and the Osborne family show or whatever, um, the skateboard side of it. So he can get us free tickets or whatever. We get there. And so he tells me, because he has these Aussie records already signed and framed and everything. And so he's telling me, just bring your Aussie records to, uh, you know, the show. You never know what's going to happen. So we get to the show. And then he sees Kelly Osborne, um, his friend. So she's, oh, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, oh, will you do us a favor? Or will you do my dad a favor? And and so Anthony's like, oh, sh you know, what is it? And and uh, she says, oh, the guys in Iron Maiden said they don't want to come on after Ozzy, after the dinosaur, this and that. And so would you guys be willing to throw eggs at Iron Maiden when they come on stage for us? And uh, so Anthony says, <laughs> sure. But the only stipulation is you got to get your dad to sign these two records for my friend. So she says, no problem, and we'll be done. So I go get the records, come back. Now she has her security, and she gets about 10 of us. And we have backstage passes, whatever, tickets for wherever, but we're not right down in front. So she gets us right in front. She tells us, okay, well, let him play a song, and then I'm going to give you the cue. 
And so she lets him play one song, do, 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 do. Then she's, okay, now. And it was like, boom, we all started throwing eggs. And, you know, Bruce Dickinson, when he sees, like, one person spit, he's stopping the concert and, like, he's really, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's not like he's like, oh, whatever. Whatever, yeah. So it's like all of a sudden eggs are coming. He's like, not one. And so now he's, like, looking around. He goes, and then he's like, oh, and he goes to say something. And I guess Sharon Osbourne was backstage. And so right when he went to say something, she pulled the power on him. Power outage. Done. (laughs) So he couldn't even say anything. But the greatest part about the whole thing was, then Ozzy had to fill up whatever 90 minutes instead of 70 or whatever the set time is yeah. because there was all this extra time. And so I, and it was Bill Ward was playing drums, which I think it was one of his last times. And that was the main reason because it was all the original members, yeah. which was hard to see because you would see Sabbath maybe with like a different drummer or whatever, you know. And so, yeah. so they played every song that I know or have heard um, all the way through. And I feel like Ozzy was just really had it out that night to prove to everybody that he wasn't a dinosaur and so i felt like he had something to prove so his show and his performance and his passion that night was at an all-time high and and, uh it was really great i got done i had uh speak of the devil signed on the front i had master reality signed on the back and um those are my only autographs pretty much i've ever even wanted and got and uh that was my aussie sabbath story that's a great story yeah so thank you thanks for repeating it I appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to play a bit of Aussie. There you go. Sabbath for you. Into the Void. you got the documentaries called Every Water. It's in theaters June 13th. And it's very good. I watched it in bed last night. Very entertaining if you like surfing. Even if you don't care for surfing, it's still crazy. Crazy, the, th- the things that's going on in there. Do you ever get, like, terrified? You must have got terrified. Like, what the hell? You actually talk about it. All of the dudes talk about well it's post-traumatic stress now yeah yeah it's great (laughs) nathan fletcher jonesy's jukebox black sabbath you've been listening to jonesy's jukebox and carlos that was black sabbath into the void and uh that's it knocking it on the head Uh, that was great having that fella in here nathan fletcher you gotta see the documentary it's crazy stuff in there Really insane. I don't. I just don't even know how they they get to that point. Big waves. Big waves. Insane. The documentary is called Heavy Water. It's in theaters June thirteenth. Gary Moore's up next. You got any info? Yeah, we're gonna give away these passes. Open now at Disneyland Park. You can visit a galaxy far, far away at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, or check out Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. We'll take caller twenty-five right now at 800-955-KLOS, and you'll win a four-pack of one-day, one-park passes to Disneyland Resort. We'll be back tomorrow, 12 bells. Have a good rest of your day. See ya.